Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning. We are glad you are here today uh, in worship with Trinity Baptist Church. For those that are here in person, we've got a wonderful group today. It is uh, wonderful to stand up here and know a few names as I look out here. I haven't got quite all of you, but uh, but uh, it's beginning to be friends that are out there. And for seven or eight years, all of my preaching was largely done to people I didn't know well. Um, and that's preaching, but it's not the fullness of preaching. Preaching reaches its fullness when you're preaching to family and you're preaching to friends and you're people, uh, preaching with people whose concerns you know and who know of you. And we're getting to that point. And for that, I'm very, very grateful to every day uh, feel and be a little more your pastor. Um, thank you again. A little personal privilege as Jacob took. Uh, my grandfather passed away this week, unexpectedly Tuesday at 92 and very peacefully, and, and many, I did, his funeral was Friday, and, um, and uh, so it was gone a little bit at the end of the week. So thank you for those of you who knew about that and reached out, and uh, have, y'all have just cared for our family in so many wonderful ways, and we're very, very thankful. Uh, my son is looking at me right now, and he tells me I'm, I'm, I do a Jesus voice when I get up here. I think that was it. And so he's like, Dad, you get up here and you do a Jesus voice. And he's like, just talk. So I'm, uh, I'm going to see if we can figure that out a little bit. He's going to give me some thumbs up and thumbs down when I get into Jesus' voice and then when I'm just in regular Matt voice. But when you speak, sometimes we do this. Let me pray for us as we get into this today. God, we thank you for new babies and the grace and the miracle of new life in this world. We thank you for death in you that is sad and tears the fabric of our life, but also we trust results in resurrection and in power and witness to your name. We're thankful for lives lived well. And for all of us today here, muddling through between birth and death, we pray, God, draw us wherever we are today, wherever we come from, whatever we're dealing with today, draw us a step closer to you in this moment. Reveal something of your love to us, your affection for us, for the way of Jesus reveal to us that is good for us to follow. Reveal your holiness to us, God, because we have desperate need. In your name we pray, amen. Well, we're on our our third week of this series of cultivating soil. We'll finish this up next week. And so uh, if you're just tired of me talking about soil, hang in there. We're, we're almost done. But we talked about the parable of the sower a couple weeks ago in Matthew 13. And we, this picture of God as the indiscriminate sower. For some of you that have been here, this was repetitive. Those watching online that have been here. But just to recap, in case we have visitors that are here today to know where we're going. 
that, that in this parable, God is the indiscriminate sower of gospel seeds, of the good things that God gives us, of blessing and salvation and forgiveness and mercy and justice and the seeds of the gospel God sows out. And, and we are the ground. And, and some of us are rocky, thin ground, or at some times in our lives, we are rocky, thin ground that don't receive that deeply. And at other times, we're a paved over path. You know, it's, it's rocky and the seed doesn't even take purchase and is snatched away. And at other times, we are that, that good, deep, fertile soil where the seeds of the gospel take root in our life and produces a yield, produces a fruit. And, and our sermon series over last week, this week, and next week, is about how do we cultivate souls, cultivate hearts, cultivate minds and lives to receive what God has to give in that deep, fertile soil? What are some things we can do, not to make ourselves holier, but to position us to receive well what God has to give us. This is totally a work of God, but there are things scripture gives us and God gives us that, that position us to receive well and be good stewards of what God has to give. So we talked last week about prayer, that the first thing we do in this journey is pray. We, we talk to God. We listen to God. We, we learn the heart of God in prayer. And that prayer is not about bending God to our will, but about slowly over time through praise and thanksgiving, through petition, uh, th through confession, we bend to God's will. Our heart comes to look more like the heart of God over time. And sometimes God does break in and answer prayer. So first we pray. Today we talk about discipleship. And discipleship is one of these words that Probably if we've been in church a while, we have some idea of it. We have a lot of different ideas about it. We probably could have substituted a few different words for this, but this is the one I'm going with. It's the one I like, and I have the pulpit, so this is how we're going to talk today. But it gives us some, some maybe common ground to think about today. And if we talk about discipleship, I think most of us go in our initial exploration of this to Matthew 28, 16 through 20, which is the Great Commission, which I'm going to read for us here. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. So this is the last thing said in Matthew. So as Matthew's cataloging the life of Jesus and thinking about, man, what all do I need to choose from the life of Jesus to really say the fullness of it? He, he has to make some editorial choices because there was a whole lot more he could have put in. But he thought this was so important. It's the last word. It's the last thing he has Jesus saying in his gospel. And so we should pay attention to it. We call this the Great Commission. And it says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So we have this great commission, this great 
commandment, we might call it, this charge, this call that Jesus leaves the disciples that is passed down to us. And we've interpreted it various ways, but we can kind of break it down uh, a few different ways. They're called to go. We would put some Acts texts and others together that go may mean next door. Go may mean into your children's room or to the bathroom to visit with your spouse while you're getting ready in the morning. Go may mean go across the world or to South San Antonio or to out in the country. Go could mean anything. There's no geographical limits to go, be it short, be it far. Go, make disciples Make disciples of everyone, all nations, everybody. No one excluded from this command. Go make disciples. And and the consequence of that, the kind of the, the method of that, the pillars of how this is done, we baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything Jesus commanded. And I will be with you in this. I'll be with you always, even until the very end. The call of the church is to make disciples. As we start out today, let this burrow itself into your head and sink down into your heart and settle itself into your soul until we know it. The mission of the church is nothing more and nothing less than to make disciples. Or maybe said a little bit different way, it is to live as disciples of Jesus And as we are living as disciples of Jesus, helping others to do so as well. We live as disciples and the outproduct of that, the byproduct of that is that other people come to business. Well, maybe the the goal is baptism or the goal is, is certain types of growth or things like that. All of those things are wonderful and good, but they're not the fullness of what it means to make disciples, which is what we're here to talk about today. Our mission is to make disciples this is the mark of a healthy church, a church that is reproducing itself. Do people come from other churches? Sure, fine, that's fine. That's not really the goal. That's not really kingdom growth. The church that is thriving, the church that is receiving what God has to give and listening to God guide it, the church that is being faithful, not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week is a church that is seeing people come to know Jesus, seeing people that used to know Jesus come back, seeing people young in the faith or immature in the faith grow in their maturity. It is producing disciples, those who follow Jesus well. This is the mark of a healthy church. And I think it's third Sunday, it's a dangerous statement. God's church will not abide anything for long that isn't reproducing itself. Any worship service, any Sunday school class, any mission endeavor that is not somehow a part of this process of people coming to know Christ better the church will not abide it. The spirit will not bless it. It will either wither on the vine or it will be spit out. And this is history talking to us over and over and over again. The good news, friends, is this isn't real complicated. The good news is this is happening all around us all the time in so many ways. It's something for us to know, though, this is the mission of the church. 
and the church will abide nothing less than its mission being brought forth in the world. The Spirit will see this through. So let's ask three questions today. Again, this is not going to be typical, friends, but for note takers, it's going to be a good Sunday. Three questions that we're going to talk about in discipleship today. One, what is discipleship? Hey, choir, good to see you. I think I've largely forgotten about y'all for two weeks that y'all are behind me. I'm going to sometimes talk back here. Glad y'all are here today. Sounded wonderful. We're glad you're here. What is discipleship? If we're in this journey of discipleship, what are some marks of discipleship? Two. And then three, how do we then make disciples? So what is discipleship? What are marks of discipleship? How do we make disciples? And y'all, this is the crash course, okay? This is the, the high notes. We'll get into this more in the years to come, I guarantee, as we talk about. So very simply, what is discipleship? A disciple, right? We're back to to early children's ministry stuff here, but sometimes we don't need to learn anything new. We need to remember what we used to know. Anybody resemble that remark in your life? Amen. A disciple is one who follows Jesus. A disciple is one who has been, has been called by Jesus, met Jesus, has been changed in some way by Jesus, and has committed their life to following the way of Jesus, to, to building their life upon the rock. These are sort of the three basic, three of the basic things of being a disciple of Jesus. So if that's a disciple, discipleship is just the journey of following Jesus, or maybe put a little more point on it. It's the journey of a lifetime learning to ever look more like Jesus. That if to live our life as if Jesus were living our lives, and it's not a linear progression where we get better and better and better and better, that would be wonderful, but it's generally full of fits and starts and there's detours and there's roadblocks and roundabouts and it's not a linear journey. It's not even about getting better and better. It's just at every step of the journey, we're seeking to follow Jesus with our life. We're seeking to honor Jesus with our life. We're seeking to know more of who God is in scripture. We're seeking to grow in prayer. We're seeking to know how to be a better faithful you know, husband, father, mother, whoever it are, whatever roles. When, when we have kids, we're wondering this. When our kids hit high school, we're trying to do that faithfully. When kids leave the nest, when we don't have kids, when we retire, when we hit the nursing home, at every step of the journey, we're trying to figure out how do I follow Jesus well, faithfully here in this season? That is the journey of discipleship. We can't reduce discipleship to a Bible study you can't reduce discipleship to church membership even. You can't reduce discipleship to a quick program. All of those things are fine and well, but they're just glimpses of this whole life that we live. We can look at what Jesus did. He, he didn't just go live places and hope people notice. No, he, he chose 12 guys. And he, and he chose them and he called them out. We'll talk about this more in a, in a little bit. But we can look at the, what Jesus did with his disciples um, and get a little glimpse of what Jesus, what discipleship is. I mean, they, they were called by Jesus. If we just did a quick gospel scan of the disciples, they were called by Jesus. Their life was absolutely upended by Jesus, changed by Jesus. Then they committed to stick to him no matter what. And they did. 
They ate with Jesus, talked with Jesus, ate with one another and talked about Jesus. They studied with Jesus, learned from Jesus, learned with one another, processed all that Jesus had told them and was teaching them and tried to fit it into their brain and their hearts and their souls. They watched Jesus and observed and picked up what they could about how he lived and what he did. They asked Jesus for clarifications and explanations. They talked back to Jesus. They argued with Jesus. They doubted Jesus. These were steps of the journey. They prayed with Jesus. They learned how to pray from Jesus. They imitated Jesus. They successfully imitated Jesus. They failed in imitating Jesus. They were corrected by Jesus. But all through it all, they stuck with Jesus. They didn't go try something else. They didn't turn tail and run when it got too hard or they received a correction or in the face of failure, in the face of not living up to Jesus's hope for them, they confessed, they repented, they tried again and they grew and they grew and they grew. Jesus and the way of Jesus was the content and the context of their life. The question for these disciples seems to be in every situation and in every season was to how to serve Jesus most faithfully, to how to follow Jesus most faithfully in that scenario, in that season of their life. And this is the question of discipleship for all of us. The question that must be answered over and over and over as we grow and as we change and as life changes around us, as culture changes around us, as the whole world seems to shift around us as we age and grow, how do I follow Jesus faithfully today? What have I learned in my past and what am I seeing around me? What am I hearing in prayer from the Holy Spirit and how not just all of us, but me specifically, in my life, in my family, and then yes, all of us together are called to follow Jesus today. This is the question and the challenge of discipleship. It's how we cultivate souls that are ready to receive the seeds of the spirit that God has to bring. We put ourselves on this journey and we commit to it and we commit to it together. Again, we'll talk about here in a little bit. What are the marks of discipleship? It's fine and well to talk about it. How do we know it when we see it? How do we look at our lives and say, all right, Holmeyer, this is great. I don't really know exactly how to do this. I'm, how do I know if I'm on this journey well or if I'm, if I'm way off base here? What, what are some marks? Well, we might go to, to Acts 2 to look at after Jesus ascended into heaven, after the resurrection, after the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, what is the first expression of the church we see? Well, it's in Acts 2, and at the end of Acts 2, the last few verses, we see this quick little snippet, this quick little picture of the church gathered together for the first time. And it's a few things here that, that are, are marked. And so I'm, I'm not going to read it. You can read it on the screen. Um, but there's really four main things that stick out here and a fifth that is added onto it that I think is also really important that we might can look at. So what are some marks of discipleship? Here's where we might start. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Remember, they didn't have scripture yet. The scripture they had was the stories of the apostles that the apostles told of Jesus, and they had Torah in the Old Testament to interpret it, so they devoted themselves to the interpretation that would become scripture. Fellowship. 
It's okay just to get together and have fun. It's okay to get together and, and not have a Bible study sometimes and just enjoy one another's company. This is what they did. A fellowship is a really important part of being church together. We need to remember we like each other sometimes. We need to laugh and, and let our hair down, metaphorically speaking, of course, and enjoy one another. The breaking of bread, they, they, felt, they ate together, they joined together for meals. I think for us today, the fellowship and the breaking of bread are kind of often uh, pieces together. I think the Lord's Supper communion is, is part of this for this early body of believers and prayer. So they devoted themselves to teaching. They, they enjoyed being together. They broke bread together. And this probably means there was wealthy and there was poor there together. And they, they all did this together as one meal that would have been revolutionary and radical. And they they prayed together and it says kind of over and over this has seemed to be a continual thing they were doing and then finally these mysterious phrases they held they had everything in common which is is interpreted several different ways but whether they sold everything and had a common pot whether it was sort of more metaphorical we we saw everything we have is at the use of the, the community when there were needs among them the whole community sacrificed to meet those needs so that nobody had any needs. This was a mark of the church. So we might say scripture, teaching, knowledge, fellowship, and fun, and enjoying one another, sharing our life together, breaking bread together, eating together across the dinner table where we learn things about one another, prayer to individually together, growing and talking with God, listening to God together, and sacrificially, generously meeting the needs of one another, and I might include the world at large. These are marks of discipleship. If I were going to write this down for us today, I would write it down this way. I would Draw a circle, big circle. Note takers, draw your big circle. Kids, you can draw your big circle if you want. And in that circle, I would put, make sure I get my wording right on this because I'm gonna use this for a long time. We would put formation and prayer. Prayer and reading in ways that form our soul. These are a mark of discipleship. If you're a member of this church, this is what we would expect of you. You are re regularly praying and being formed in the spirit together and individually. I would put Bible study, that we are studying scripture, we are reading scripture, we are encountering scripture with our lives, not just for the knowledge, but so that our heart is transformed. The knowledge is good, but it should penetrate into our heart and our soul and shape us. We should be praying and formed. We should be studying scripture individually and together. If you remember here, we expect you to be in Bible study somewhere, to be in Bible study in this community and learning together, giving the gifts that you have to share in that together. We, we hope this for you. We're not gonna kick you out if you haven't done that yet. It's just the hope that we have. Fellowship. We're gonna wrap worship into that. We're gonna wrap meals into that. We should be getting together individually, as couples, as families, as the whole body of Christ for prayer, things like this, we should be fellowshipping with one another. If you only sit in rows like this together, it's gonna take decades 
to really get to know anything about one another. When you fellowship and you sit around a table, you sit at a coffee shop, you sit at a restaurant, you sit in your homes, you share stories, that those bonds deepen, worship is enriched through this. Everything becomes deeper and richer in the body of Christ when we share fellowship with one another. And finally, service, which I'm gonna talk about a lot next week. That's the sermon next week. This, all of this internal community should flow outward into the world in ways that meet needs, in ways that seek justice, in ways that look out for those who have no one else to look out for them. The body of Christ should be on mission for these things in the world. So prayer formation, Bible study, fellowship, service, inside the circle, and all of that outside the circle, that all is worship and discipleship. Every bit of that is honoring God. Every bit of that is the, the, the marks of following Jesus together. And so if you're looking at kind of how to start, Think about those four elements, prayer formation, Bible study, fellowship, service. Are those marks present in your life? Are those marks penetrating into your heart and into your soul and, and refining who you are? We should be about these together. And finally, how do we make disciples? This is where it gets tricky. Churches spend a ton of time in Bible study and a ton of time in worship and a ton of time even serving others. And sometimes we don't really bring all that together and really help us know how do we actually reproduce this in others? I think I was in my third year of seminary, you know, college degree in religion and, and working on my probably 70th hour of master's study at that point before some of this started really clicking of how to help produce this in other people, how, how to teach people some of these things. My best answer to how do we make disciples is we do our best to follow Jesus. And while we're following, we look around for others who might want to join us and invite them to join along. We look in our neighborhoods, we look in our workplaces, we look in our social circles, we look in our church for those who, who may be newer, who may be struggling, who may need a mentor, who may need a friend. And as we are following, we intentionally invite some people to join us on that journey. And it's not just join us, invite them to join the church, invite them to be part of the family, essentially. They need us, they can call us. We're gonna invite them to lunch or coffee and invest in their life. We're gonna, in essence, disciple them. We're gonna reproduce this in them. There are processes and books that help with this. We'll provide lots of opportunities in the days ahead to learn more about these and grow in our proficiency. But at its base, to make disciples, we do our best to follow Jesus as we know how, as we feel the Spirit is leading and we look around our lives for those who are interested, for those who are seeking, for those who need encouragement, for those who are young, for those who have need, and we invite them to join us along the way. This is a spirit endeavor. Start praying if you're interested in this. If you wanna take the dare, start praying for God to put people in your path that need mentoring, that need discipling, that need an older or a more mature brother or sister or mother or father in the face to join along them. And I think that prayer will be met, maybe sooner than you're ready for. Once you start looking for this, you're gonna see it perhaps all over the place. 
when God puts it on your heart. It may be in this church. It may be who knows where it may be. Maybe all around us. It may be someone you thought was very close from God is really struggling. It may be someone that's so far from God you never thought they'd be interested, and here they are very interested. You just never know. We live following Jesus and pay attention to who might want to join us along the way and care enough about them to invite them and say something about it, which is often the hardest part. The Spirit asks us, I think, to be intentional about this. I mean, Jesus is our example. He didn't just live his life and hope people noticed. He went to 12 and he said, put down your nets and follow me. I wouldn't recommend that strategy necessarily for us. Put down the pen and paper, you know, leave the classroom, come with me. No, slow down. But he called them and he invested in them. He gave everything of himself to them so they could learn this way and he invited them to come along for the journey and they were changed. To make disciples, we must make the intentional choice to walk closely with one another, teaching one another, modeling for one another, encouraging one another to grow in leading a life that looks like Jesus. I'm betting we divide in three camps this morning. One camp's going, I don't know. Hang in there with us. Keep praying, keep thinking. The call of God for this may grow in you. Some of you are thinking, I wish so bad someone would come alongside me and help me in this life of faith. I wish so bad someone would give me some guidance. I feel lost a lot of the time. I feel like I don't know how to do this. I feel like I'm flailing in much of my life. I wish someone would come along and not fix everything, just help be a guide and a friend along. Some of you are thinking, I would love to know more about it. I would love to be better at helping encourage other people. I've got some experience to give. And God speaks to us differently in this. I think as disciples, we often need someone a little wiser and older guiding us. We often need, even if you've been a believer a week or two, find someone a day or two. You know, we need someone quickly that we're investing in because we grow as we invest in others and we all need a community around us all the time. How do we make disciples? We live out the marks of discipleship with intention and with others at various stages of the discipleship journey. Many of you asked about my vision for the church, and I've put you off. <laughs> because I, I, really my answer is I don't have one specific vision for this church. The vision should come from us it should come through nights of prayer like we're having. It should come from the body. I believe this is how Baptist churches work. The Spirit inspires us all, and we come together, and, and the ministry and the mission go forward from there. But if I were to name a vision, it was to pastor this church over time in such a way that we are a church that makes disciples well that we all, the marks of being a part of Trinity Baptist Church is that you are becoming more, a, a more faithful disciple along the journey and you have a call, a passion for bringing others along in that journey as well at various stages of faith. I think it's God's plan for the church. It's Christ's last commission and call to the church to be disciples and make other disciples. We require the Holy Spirit to help us it's beyond us. 
But friends, I believe as things that are beyond us, as we step out in faith in Christ's calls, the Spirit will meet us in that step. And we will find ourselves, as we seek to make disciples, we will find ourselves maybe out on a limb, you may feel that way, but also in position to receive what God has to give us in a position to be a conduit for others, to give what God has others to receive. And we will find life in our midst. So this is the challenge, to live this life of discipleship, friends, and to look for others to join us along the way. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this commission, this call to be disciples that that help other people be disciples, to be disciples with a passion to help make other disciples through the power, in and through the power of your spirit. We're thankful that it's not a one size fit all, that different personalities, different ages, different genders, different everything can be a part of this process because of who you are and how you're uniquely gifted. Help us to know how you've gifted us and equipped us. Help us faithfully follow you. In your name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.